You're listening to SBS News. I think a lot uh, Xi Jinping is strengthening his, his uh, you know, foreign policy to much more aggressive position towards not only Taiwan, but also to Japan, Korea, and also, you know, Western so-called. And uh, at the same time, China also faced a lot of domestic pleasures because of the, the uh, you know, very bad situation of the Chinese economy and also a lot of, you know, strong impact from, from, the, from the past during, during the COVID period and so on. So I think that... I think that sometimes the Chinese government is forced to reduce their pressures via this kind of aggressive actions. If they could play fire around, you know, in in near region, then then maybe the focus point of Chinese uh, citizens might not, you know, they might they might not focusing on the, the tough situation there inside China. We can see that in the Twentieth Party Congress in the, in in the end of twenty twenty two, we found that. Uh, if we look at the personal arrangement, we can find that the focus, the focusing point of Xi Jinping is to maintain the domestic security and stability. So you you will find that uh, he he mentioned about uh, security for for dozens of times, dozens of times, the wordings or the the word the word they choose in 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 their uh, you know in their official document or in speech and so on. It's always they always have to choose the very uh, exact words to deliver their their message. So this kind of research is quite is quite critical, quite important to if if you want to know what the communists think. From the Chinese Party Congress and the later development of Chinese politics, you will find that the domestic security is their focus point. Yes, and that's I think that is also the reason that sometimes they need to they need to. You know, put pressure to Taiwan to release that kind, that kind of you know domestic problem. What do you make of in the foreign policy department? What do you make of the KMT's election promise that it will you know restart talks with uh, Beijing and accusing the DPP of provoking China? Is there any substance to the KMT's claims that it can actually do that? given that it does need a willing partner on the other side. I think uh, if we look at the Beijing's attitude, I will say that, you know, whatever Taiwan does, it will provoke China. I mean, to strengthen the defense power, of course, they say that it's provoking. But if you look at the military threats, you, we have to do that. I mean, to prevent a war, the best way might be deterrence. For instance, if uh, in the 1940s, to, to against Adolf Hitler, you know, the European countries should strengthen the defense power instead of say that we are giving up our defense. Yeah. So, so I think, uh, and uh, you know, diplomatic effort of Taiwan is all provoke. You know, it's all provocation to to China. So, I think uh, this kind of accuse is sometimes I think that is also a part of a political campaign. Yes. From my point of view. Now, the CIA has said that China will have the military capability by the end of this decade, in the late 2020s. It's obviously already 2024. How much does that projection factor into the Taiwanese government's planning and just the mindset of everyday people here in Taiwan? Well, I think uh, regarding the defence issue, I will say the POA, currently the POA is not 
not ready for uh, for an invasion because of you know lack of capabilities of of force projections. For instance, they stopped the the, the expansion of the Marine Corps. Let's just, I think firstly is because of the difficulties of uh, amphibious assault. Uh, but on the other hand, after several decades of preparations, all those red beaches around Taiwan, okay, red beaches means that the coastal area is fit for amphibious operation. And all those red beaches around Taiwan is only is too small, only fit for battalion class unit. If I am the defender, or, and indeed we are, I will be very happy if China could only send one battalion, battalion to the place at the same time. So that, that is actually an advantage for defenders. And uh, so, in that sense, and China, in that sense, China also have to send their the, the infantry, their the, the troops via helicopter or, or transporter plane, I mean airborne or heliborne unit. And they have to combine all the forces together to to ensure that they can send enough troops to Taiwan. So they're trying to develop their capability in all the, in all the three ways, but uh, it seems that there's still lack of the, uh, enough platform or vehicles for for this kind of operations. On the other hand, we also see that uh, China conduct, of course, they conducted a lot of uh, exercise every year. And but uh, regarding amphibious or or airborne heliborne exercises, the scale is still quite small and and too simple. Normally, you know, those kind of invasion should be a very complicated operation. You have to combine all the assets from land, air, uh, naval, and or even space or cyberspace. Yeah, and that will be very complicated. And and now we still don't see this kind, a lot of this kind of uh, uh, exercise or drills. So so I think uh, in the recent years they are still developing their power. And regarding what you said about for, uh, the information from from CIA, I would say of course it's very difficult to assess because you know this is you know even twenty twenty nine that means five years later, and with the rapid development of. Uh, Chinese domestic issue, or even the, the the bad economic economic situation of China, it's really difficult to assess if they can still have that kind of, uh, I mean, military inve- investment like before. Mm-hmm. Of course, we believe that the dictatorship will will never 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 care about the people welfare. They they prefer to spend more on military instead of uh, Chinese citizens, but still. I think that will largely low, uh, slow the development of Chinese military. Yeah, so that could make the potential invasion maybe even you know, even after twenty thirties from from my point of view. But another critical uh, issue is if Taiwan prepare enough, and not only Taiwan but also democratic allies around the Indo-Pacific or even Europe, and. Uh, for instance, the, the the restoration of U.S. Navy or or, or you know or or or, or the gear up of Japan, Australia, and so on, and of course the AUKUS alliance. A lot of analysts are predicting that, kind of regardless of who wins this weekend's election, in the months before uh, the new government takes office, that we will likely see increased hostility from China in some shape or form 
to set the tone for you know what the relations are going to be like and and what the government in Taiwan should or shouldn't do so to speak um, do you agree with that assessment yeah. I think so let's just because I mean as I, as I mentioned before an invasion is very difficult or unlikely I would not say impossible because you know before 2022 no one think like, no one believed that Putin will invade the Ukraine but uh, regarding the capabilities and we see that you know with that with the Xi Jinping's purge of Chinese People's Liberation Army at least the rocket force and so on I think that he also realized that there are a lot of problems within his military Okay, and uh, so I think he knows the, the, the limitation of his capability. F- so from that perspective, I think l- I, I still I, I still believe that the, a, an invasion is uh, is unlikely in recent short years. 